Hey there, restaurant pros, it's David Scott Peters and welcome to episode 21 of the Restaurant Prosperity Formula. I've been coaching restaurant owners since 2003 and the Restaurant Prosperity Formula is based on what the most successful restaurant owners I've worked with do on a daily basis to achieve their success. The basic premise of the formula centers around achieving prosperity, freedom from your restaurant and the financial freedom you deserve. To achieve prosperity, you have to follow a very specific formula made up of leadership, systems, training, accountability, and taking action. Today's topic centers around the challenges restaurant owners are facing today, from employee burnout and labor shortage to the need for stronger management and leadership. Now, I want to tell you about our guest today. He has over 30 years of experience in the hospitality industry and has an extensive background as a food and beverage director, executive chef, general manager, restaurant owner, staff trainer, restaurant coach, and consultant. He holds the most prestigious certification available for a hospitality professional, being a certified food and beverage executive. He is the founder of Service with Style Hospitality Group, a hospitality firm offering secret shopping, restaurant coaching, and team training services. We had a great conversation. Darren and I had a candid and open conversation about what restaurant owners need to do today to overcome all these issues that they face on a daily basis. Now, the bad news is there's no magic pill. The good news is you'll learn exactly what you need to do. I want to welcome Darren Dennington to the show today. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is being brought to you by Repeat Returns. If you're a restaurant owner of a medium to high volume independent restaurant, multi-unit or franchise operator, and you're looking for a proven and realistic solution to attract, grow and retain customers, then you need to visit Repeat Returns. Repeat Returns is a modern marketing platform created by a restaurant owner for restaurant owners. It studies each customer's habits and patterns, predicts the most profitable outcome for your restaurant every single day, and deploys the marketing to make that happen. You'll never lift a finger. To see if Repeat Returns is right for you, visit repeatreturns.com forward slash DSP. Darren, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me yet again. But as you know, we're close. We're going to do this a lot of the times. I really appreciate you taking the time. Of course. Thanks for having me, David. Good morning. Morning. Well, it's morning for you and I, but who knows when people are listening or watching this. Um, hey, I wanted to talk. I called you, uh, reached out because I know with my members, um, we're really seeing a lot of challenges out there right now. Like we just came out of COVID over a year of just disgusting business restrictions and challenges and getting back into the business and working our ass off to do everything we can to survive, working with cash flow issues, pivoting our business. If nobody wants to hear the word pivot ever again, yet deliver third-party delivery ain't going away. We've got all these challenges. And then like overnight, we went from that was our challenge to there are no damn employees. There's no flexibility. We've got a skeleton crew and we're, we're working them twice as hard as even we were when we pulled everybody back just to survive because now we can't find anybody. And like our industry is in this turmoil and, and it's crazy. And I know in your line of work, because you're a restaurant coach as well as a secret shopping service that literally sees hundreds upon hundreds of restaurants on a weekly basis, I wanted to kind of have a candid conversation on what you're seeing, what I'm seeing, and maybe we can give sprinkle a little advice or pixie dust for that matter on people to bring that passion back to go, this too will pass and we can get through this. Sound like fun? Absolutely, right? It's incredibly challenging out there right now and the uh... The wheels have been turning all year. They've been so different of your normal, regular uh, structure on how you run your business. Everything has changed. And yes, pivot was the year, the word of the year last year. But the challenges right now are, in my eyes, unprecedented. We haven't seen this type of labor market in a really long time. I can't remember when so many places were just struggling to find employees at the same time as sales are increasing and at the same time that guest expectations are exceeding because they haven't been out and we're craving good food and good service. So there's a lot of things coming together at once here. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, the the last major economic crisis we had, that actually produced a lot more employees, right? It was literally about a year ago where we were in a shortage of employees because everybody was working. The crazy part is there's millions upon millions of people not working, but they don't want to come back to work. Either it's the, uh, you know, fear of COVID. It's the single parents that are home because their kids 
are homeschooling because they can't go into, depending on where they are in the country, they can't go into in-person school. You've got people who are uh, literally having challenges with just fear from going back because of COVID. And yet what we as restaurant operators want to focus on is that extra $300 that are keeping people home because they can make just as much money if you're a minimum wage earner to not come in. And I think that is probably a major piece of, of some of the younger people, but I can't believe it's everyone. And, and, and a part of this is, I think, there's this added piece. Uh, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal that I saw on LinkedIn just the other day. and kind of talked about uh, our industry needed a wake-up call. The hospitality industry needs a wake-up call. You got to treat people better. You got to become employer of choice. You know, you've got you've to make sure pay is, is decent. You've got to do all these things that maybe as an industry, this is, this is kind of a wake-up call. But what I'm fearful of is a knee-jerk reaction. What are you seeing out there with, with your clients, with your, your coaching members? You know, are, are you seeing the same thing? Absolutely. And like we had already started to allude to, there, there's a lot of different pieces contributing to this. And let's be honest, it's a hard industry to work in. It's a, a lot of moving parts every day and a, a lot of physical work. And it's changed for so many people. And I guess that's the piece that has thrown me off, that there's a, a lot of people that I'm close to that I would either recommend or reach out to. And I'm hearing a lot of, I'm just probably taking a break from the industry for a while. And it's because it was so hard to run already and all the added challenges have come in this year and now you throw the, the labor piece on it. So there, there's core things that you have to be doing right to overcome this and it is manageable, it is. And there's places that are doing it right that have wonderful teams and are thrilled about the sales right now and they're, they're building on it, but there's steps. You don't snap your fingers and throw a great team in there that's gonna run your successful restaurant for the next year or two. It's focus and time and effort you, you got to develop some of these people yeah and, and i think people want a, a quick fix you know i think you and i will talk a little bit at we had a little conversation yesterday before today and we kind of a general idea of how we each feel about this and what we see and it's not really that far off but you talk about the challenge of being in the food and beverage industry it's it's always been a challenge especially for an owner or manager, but line employees, they love the restaurant business because of the flexibility you can make really good money. If you're a front house person, if you're at a great restaurant that, that needs back house people badly, sometimes you find yourself in overtime and things like that. Like you can make money, but have flexibility, go to that concert, you know, take time off. Oh, I got to make rent, get extra shifts. And that really is attractive. But when we pulled back on COVID, we went down to a skeleton crew and we said, no, nah, we really need you to work a lot because we don't have a lot of backup. And now we're getting crushed with customers. We've taken all the flexibility away. For the first time in my career, I'm seeing servers that are putting in 50, 60 man hours, which is unbelievable. These people want to work the fewest number of hours possible, do no side work, make all the money possible. And then on top of that, customers are no longer, hey, we understand it's been COVID, we're good, we're patient. Now, now they're reaming the shit out of the frontline employee. They're like, and, and so employees are like, I don't want to be in this industry anymore. I mean, yeah. you've got some experience talking to people who are really going through exactly that. The way that I look at it, and you just talked a little bit about it, was three different segments, right? Because you got three different groups of people that make up your organization. You've got your owners, your managers, and your line employees. And if you take a look at it from each of the different perspectives, and if we can start off with uh, the owners, and I know you got a, a lot of owners that follow you and, and listen to your, your podcast and, and study your information because they, they get a lot from it. And, but there's so many different types of owners out there right now. If you've got one place, I, I genuinely feel that the owner has to truly be involved if you're a one location, that you have to be on premise and, and involved not just in the business side, but in the operations. And that's how I look at it, right? You got operations over here and, and the business side of it. The past year, we've been working on a lot of the business side, whether that was renovations or a new POS or a new menu or uh, filing for PPP and the employee retention credits. There was a lot of distractions from operations to the business side. So owners right now have to get back to the operation side. They, they've got to be 
understanding what's going on because so much is changing. And sometimes that's tough to do, but I, I hope they can put a smile on their face that they got past the past uh, 14, 16 months and are looking forward to a brighter future and you're getting busy. So I hope you can dig deep in yourself and find the passion to drive your business. And that means developing your management team and, and being a little more hands-on than what you probably have been over the past year. And then you take the owners that have two, three, maybe four locations. A lot of times they're hanging out in no man's land, right? Are they operators? Are they corporate office? And they, they bounce back and forth. And they've really been on that corporate side because of all the additional paperwork and everything to do with taxes and the forms I already talked about. So they have to find that balance. Now, if they jump back into operations when it's getting busier and busier, they get pulled in way too deep. So when they jump back into operations, I think it should be with one goal is to develop my management team. And whether that's four people, six people or 12, you've got to put your efforts in operations into getting your management team really together. Now, the owner that has the, the restaurant groups, right? Maybe you got six locations or you're opening your 12th. I see that side really exciting because I, I think that there's great opportunities. Uh, restaurant models are changing and it, it's an exciting time for potential growth. So I'm not saying growth is there yet, but for potential growth. So as the, the group restaurant owner, I'm pretty excited. And I still have to focus on that management team because I don't get anywhere with them. So that's how I kind of look at it from the ownership side. It's, it's an exciting time, but they've really got to be focused on developing their management. Let, let's talk about that a little bit, the owner side. You say you want them to be more involved in their business. And you know, my whole deal is get you restaurant prosperity, freedom from your restaurant and the financial freedom you deserve. And when I talk about that freedom, it's being able to leave the restaurant when you need. It's not, not necessarily to be completely void from the business. So I want to make sure we're, we're talking the same thing. So when you say be more involved in your business, it's, it's being, and this is, you already know the answer to this because you and I cut from the same cloth. It's becoming the leader your restaurant needs, working on budgets, marketing, developing your management team, holding people accountable, truly being in the business and engaged. Whether you're there 24-7 and number of hours isn't as important as you leading that team, saying, this is where I want to go. This is where we've been. You know, here's how we get there. We on the same page on that respect? If you have a weekly manager meeting and that single owner is sitting in on that Wednesday 9 a.m. religiously every single week meeting and there's dynamite communication, then that freedom is there. I look at it in four different aspects that somebody has to be making sure that particular area of the restaurant's running really well. First, you've got operations, right? Is the hot food hot and are the greetings at the door nice and quick? Then you've got the employee piece, the, the leadership. And typically those two operations and employees should be handled by your management team. So if you have a weakness in operations or staff, the owner should be focused on developing the managers to make sure that they're taking care of the employees and the operations. Then the other two pieces is the marketing and the financials. And good smart owners know to pull as much of that out of operations and handle that on the business side. So from an owner involvement right now, it's just making sure that your management team's in a good place so they can handle the day-to-day -day business, which is typically the service and the staff. So excellent. And I knew we were, you know, we've talked about this for years. We've known each other since 2004 or 2005. I mean, it's been a long time, well. man. <laughs> now let's talk about that management piece. Cause here's the biggest challenge, you know, in, in my restaurant transformation intensive program, I bring on restaurant owners into the program, but I say, you've got to have at least one person who gets shit done. What I call the implementer. Whether you have a full management team or not is not important at this time, but we're gonna develop one. And we may start with hourly supervisors and develop people into managers, but that's not an overnight process. It takes time. So a lot of people say, I don't have anybody. I don't have any managers. Now, I don't believe that's 100% true. I'm not in their shoes. I don't walk their circles. I don't know how they hired. I don't know how they train, what their culture's like. But I got to believe that there's one, two, or three people on that team 
that are looking to become more in this industry, that are willing to learn and take that baby step of two shifts a week as a supervisor, not necessarily as a salaried manager, and we develop and we find that person. But today, we don't even have enough employees to cover the serving staffs, the, the cashiers, the drivers, the cooks. And so now, if you're a supervisor, you're really a line employee that's working double duty, and, and that's pretty tough. I mean, what do you tell somebody who goes, who wants a magic pill and then, hey, management team, what if I don't have them right now? Or I'm in, literally, I'm in the trenches with people and there's not enough time to get in there. Do you have any advice or ideas? That should be their full on focus. That however that owner fills the gaps, whether it's help and support or physically covering shifts, they have to build it from there it's very easy to say we we need more employees and i don't have enough applications but hiring more people just puts a band-aid on it so if you don't have that core management team that is managing the employees well you're never going to keep them so unfortunately there's not the magic pill out there but the process starts with an organization chart right i don't care what level you're helping if i can pull you into my management or leadership team and give you some type of responsibilities to start to divide and conquer, that's the first step. And you've got to identify who your GM is and who your kitchen manager is. And you've got to pull that group together. And then very quickly, you start to realize, do we have enough management shifts covered? Well, we're getting the work done, but no, we're short on the shifts. Then you look at your star employees and you start to develop that next round. And my favorite position to develop is an assistant kitchen manager. I think kitchen managers are critical in this business. And I find that the assistant kitchen manager that they love to be developed. They like to learn the inventory. They like to learn the costing cards and some organization and ordering. So I'm always working on the next person. But if you're just starting today, grab a blank piece of paper and draw out an organization chart and identify who your team is. And maybe you start with, what positions you need before you put the names in. And even if you put Karen in as an employee, a key employee today, maybe she's not perfect for that position, but at least you're starting to define a position and you, you've got to get that straight first. Yeah, I, having a bright line clarity of whose roles what, you know, I always subscribe to the, the E-Myth Revisited Michael Gerber's book, where he talks about putting together the organizational chart for the company you hope to have, not the one you have today. So you wipe out all the people. You say, I don't care that I've, I've had Sally and Jose and Jim and Karen who, who are, are, are in my management team right now or servers, whatever it may be. You basically create the job descriptions. Uh, now, I, I talk about it in greater detail, what the job is, how to do it, how well it should be done, more importantly, by when. But what you start off with is all the little things we do. What has to, you know, for you, my favorite story in, in one of your speeches is you talk about the one guy that you said, you're going to order light bulbs for me. And here's the ladder. Here's a credit card. Here's the order form. I don't want to look at a freaking light bulb in my life. You're going to make sure it happens. Well, light bulbs have to be on the list of things to get done running out of toothpicks, everything. And you put everything down all the way to dollars per labor or work calculation, and you put it on a person. Somebody does the job, somebody oversees the job, somebody approves the job, and all of a sudden you've got inventory with a line cook counting, uh, a, a sous chef making sure it's done and accurate, and the chef making sure that they bless the numbers and everything's right. Now, they all had inventory on there. And hell, that could be on the GM's job description as well. And you got to be that clear. Now, the truth is, to do it to the level I want to talk about, that takes months. Because it's truly, you're kind of creating all these job descriptions. But let's say you just do the tasks and you you fill them in. Well, you've got these positions. The, the organizational chart is the company you hope to have. So if you want a franchise, you'd have that franchise development officer and you'd have a compliance officer and all these things. You don't have that today. But now all these things happen in your restaurant on a daily basis and you put them on all these things. Well, now you take the people you have and you fill in their names. And so you as the owner may be on five job descriptions and the GM may be on three and the kitchen manager may be on two and, and what have you because all those tasks still have to happen. It's just when you have money, you know how to share them. But even if you don't get to the money part, 
It's being clear on who's responsible for what, by when, by how well. Man, it is critical because this is one of the things I think we have so much turnover in our industry before COVID, before now the labor crisis, is people don't know what the hell their freaking job is. So they hire managers, they fail, and they go, hey, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. I mean, do you see the same thing? It's We would have talked about this on the last podcast we did, right? Now you always go back to the system. So once you have the managers in place, then they need some systems to help them through their day. And owners need to focus on helping them get the right systems in place so that they know what the job is. So you get the leadership team, then you get a dozen systems, right? It's nothing crazy. And then it goes to the staff. And those are the foundation of doing anything wonderful. So the, the right management team divides, develops the right systems and then leads the right employees and they all buy into the system. And it's the only way that I see to take the pressure off the managers, that there's too many parts all the time for them to take care of. And when someone can handle the light bulbs and someone can handle taking care of cleaning the freezer and and I know that inventory is done every single Monday morning, then I focus on the things that I need to as a GM or as the, the kitchen manager. The piece that brings it all together is the weekly meetings because if I'm doing the inventory and I've got a problem with it, I bring it up at the manager meeting and everything comes through there. And it's the way that we make decisions and it's the way that we work this together as a team. So there are ways to do it, but it's unfortunately sometimes you got to start at the beginning and look at all the processes all the way through. You know, and, and I think as, as you talk about that, we've got a lot of people leaving our industry right now. We've got owners who are stressed out beyond belief. We've got managers going, I'm done with this. I'm being overworked, underpaid in their brain. We've got line employees leaving. And a lot of it stems back to um, Herzberg's motivation hygiene theory in Psych 101, high school or college. And Herzberg goes over if if certain things are taken care of, you have a motivating, uh, you motivate your employees. That's uh, I don't have them all five in my head, but it's it's good pay, proper supervision, uh, opportunity for advancement, a safe work environment. There's a fifth one I can't remember, but Herzberg goes into and says, well, if let's say pay was fair, having higher pay doesn't necessarily motivate people more. Now, that demotivator, though, is that in my brain, when those things are absent is what he talks about. One of them is supervision. Like we keep talking about managers and things like that. And well, managers are important because they create structure that everybody knows the direction they're going. Everybody's held to the same standard. There's no favoritism. There's all these things. Well, I have managers to ensure the process is working. And one of the things you talked about that you and I talk about all the time is systems, systems, systems. And people don't know where to start. And I just want to throw out there, you've got this $1,400 video camera in your pocket. Worst case scenario is you don't know that you need a system for it. Let's say it's counting out a bar drawer. Have somebody sit next to you and record you with your phone. And then have somebody just transcribe the step by step by step. Everything is a system. Your system, your process, your way. So when we talk systems... It's everything you do in your business that allows you to impose your will without being there. Because I would tell you, without having those things structured in there, you're hoping people have common sense and then you're you're teaching them as if they're a bad dog. You roll up the newspaper, oh, you, you took a dump on the carpet and you put their nose in it and smack and go, don't do that. Well, we don't do that anymore. That was in the 1980s. But you get the idea. We're being trained on what we're doing wrong every single day. Now you add the chaos of today, post COVID, if you will, we're still not out of COVID, but man, customers coming back in droves. It's, you know, we're short staffed. It's crazy. Like all those little things add up to your management team, not one to be in the business anymore. I mean, what are you seeing out there? So when you take already a stressful industry and, and extra pressure that we've been talking about putting on these managers, and then it's so easy to throw in one or two problems that just consume their their thoughts, their day, their their actions. And most of the time that's brought in by an employee. And we've all had that that line cook, right? That you already gave the third and fourth chance to and shows up an hour and a half late on Saturday and you've got you know, parties out the door and and puts you in a terrible position. And 
it just brings in his or her baggage, right? Comes in in a pissed off mood and they're hung over and they didn't get a ride and their car broke down. And now it just consumes the entire day. And the managers are put in place to, to handle these problems. If you don't have the systems in place leading up to that, then that's your focus for the next three days. All you're dealing with is this irate cook and whether you end up firing them and then he posts something on Facebook, it just gets carried away further and further and it consumes the managers. And a lot of those personal or a lot of those problems are personal, right? These are the people that they work with and they thought that they were friends with that line cook. They helped them out and it's harder and harder and harder to come back. So when the management team is structured and you're handling those problems as a group instead of an individual, it becomes so much better. And when you've got four or five simple systems in place to, to onboard new employees properly so they know your systems, that helps. So it's not one solution. It's, it's a lot of them all put together, but it, it's also a lot to do with the morale, right? The culture and do the people like to come to work? Are they excited? And, and I know it's hard to get excited to, to come in for a, a long kitchen shift, but are they happy with the people? Are they happy with the product? Do they like the manager? And, and the pay does play a factor. We know it's not the only factor, but it is a big factor. And the tricky part right now is restaurant owners and managers are just throwing money at them. Just uh, here's 250 an hour. Hopefully that solves the problem, right? You're not going to quit, are you? Good, good. But all the other underlining problems are still there. And you might have solved it for a month because you gave him an extra 250 an hour. But all he's doing is costing you extra labor and you're not solving the problem. So you got to come back to that management meeting and talk about your staff and talk about solutions and individual people and develop the people. They, they want to learn. They want to grow. They, they want to feel like they're, they're a part of something. Include them and get them happy. Play some good music. Buy them a burger. Give them a small raise. Take a mini putt. Show them that you care. It's a major conversation we've had in my RTI group and it's pay. You know, we're, we touched a little bit kind of that we're seeing that burnout in our employees because we're taking flexibility away. We've got managers who feel like they're overworked and so on. And the, the truth is there's two things at bay here. Number one, you've hit the nail on the head. It's culture. And that's what I was trying to tell my, my, my members is there's no quick fix. Like we're not going to snap our fingers and we're going to find these employees and we're going to change our company culture. It takes time for you to become the employer of choice, proper supervision, good pay, great work environment, opportunity for advancement, because you've got to get your employees so stoked at work in there that they tell all these other people, man, it is great to work at XYZ restaurant. We have such a great time. I make good money. The managers are great. The owner knows my name and, you know, talks to me, da, da, da. That takes time. That's changing a corporate or company culture. You cannot find a, a quick fix. And so what's happening is this overworking, this burnout is kind of magnifying the problems you have in your restaurant. So if you had kind of okay management, it is now okay is not good enough. It's blowing that up. If your pay was a little bit low, well, now it's blowing it up. And a part of it is since we're so short staffed that you talk about that extra 250 an hour. Well, here in Phoenix, uh, I'm in Peoria. I, I drove by a, or I didn't drive by, I took my fat ass to a Dairy Queen. And I, as I went through the drive-through, I saw a banner and I pulled around, had my ice cream and took a picture of it that it was, uh, uh, was it uh, 13 50 an hour starting? Now our wage is 12 25 So they're throwing a dollar twenty-five at it. And I said to my group, I said, this is going to happen. Meaning you're going to see restaurants make these choices all around you. And you've got to resist because I'm going to tell you right now, a month from now, I'm going to see that banner still there. It's not going to fix the problem. You're not going to fix a problem by putting out more money because what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to have to raise everybody up. And now these other people are making more money. They got to make more money. Well, if you don't have a budget, you don't approach your prime costs and figure out what you can do in, you know, lowering your food costs to make up for that difference. You're putting yourself behind because you can't pull that back. I have a member who has a, a casino in their area and now they're offering $25 an hour, like 10 bucks or no, 12, 12 bucks higher than their minimum wage for line cooks. And I said, don't, I said, understand there's only so many line cook positions at that 25, they're going to fill. And then they've got to live with that. 
what you've got to focus on is taking care of your employees. And while there's a, a shortage out there, the shortage is going to be there. More money is not going to fix it, nor is it going to fix your company culture. If you've got a challenge, you've got to take the time to become a better operator. A am I missing anything here, Darren? Well, I think it's got to be for the individual employee. Everybody's looking for something a little bit different. And most owners, operators, they, what do you have, 12 employees, 15, maybe 25. So we're not talking hundreds and hundreds of employees. If you've got a dozen employees in your restaurant, then take some time over the next three, four days and sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one with every one of them. Talk to your staff for five minutes, get inside their head and see what they're looking for. And yeah, you might have a couple that are out there looking for another job based on financials. And maybe that 250 an hour is a real smart decision on your half. Maybe you now really put that missing piece into that one specific employee that makes all the difference in the world, just took that little bit of pressure off them and they're fine. And maybe they stick around for the next three, four years, but maybe the next person you think, well, it must be money. So you give 250 and it had nothing to do with money for that other person. So sit down, get to know your employees and uh, solve individual problems. Uh, you and I talk industry level, right? There's a shortage of employees everywhere, but if an owner or manager can just say, hey, I just need 15 good people, right? Let, let's just work on getting 15 good people and 85% of your problems go away once you get that good team. It takes time. It, it, take, it absolutely takes time and money doesn't fix it. I, let's use Chipotle uh, as, as an, an example. I think there's published something like $100,000 bonuses if you sign up and you work three years for us as a manager, yet they've got employees across the country who are closing the stores because manager, doesn't, manager isn't on the shift. They just don't want to work. They're kind of saying we're not getting paid enough. That, I mean, that's not about pay. That's about a shitty work environment. You know, right, right. so now all the chains, we're seeing McDonald's and others, they're starting to raise their, their minimum wages. Now, yep. I do want to take a sidestep on that. If your market wages are going up because that's what the market is bearing, well, then you may have to look at it. But when somebody knee-jerk reactions, you got a restaurant nearby that now puts a $500 signing bonus just to walk in the door. Well, that doesn't mean you need to match it. But if every restaurant in your market is, you, let's say you're at $13 an hour, starts moving to 14, well, then you got to go with the trend like that. You've got to analyze, is it a market or is it a restaurant down the street with a near knee jerk reaction? Darren. Yeah. And sometimes your market says that you don't have enough people. So you have to put out the higher dollars to attract them. But most times it's more effort on the recruiting side will solve the same problem instead of just getting three or four people as potential applicants, do a little bit more work on the front side. You gotta get creative, right? We used to throw a ad on Craigslist and magically get 75 applicants the next day. Those days are over. So you've gotta talk to your food reps and, and look at the individual hiring services and, and place some ads. You've gotta get creative on that side to drum up enough interest to start. And then if you have a, a larger potential hiring pool, then you've got more options to fit in with your budget and your your cost and especially when you're talking about management right you've got a there's a sweet spot where your management cost needs to be and typically i see it between the the seven and nine percent you you want to keep your management labor cost in that and owners sometimes solve problems they think they're solving problems by throwing money at managers and they simply overpaid and the problems aren't solved. So it's not just about money, but yes, it is absolutely a, a big part of it. That goes right to the beginning where you said you got to have systems. When you hire a manager, but you don't have a system, your system, your process, your way, you train them on your process. Well, you hope they come in with experience. You just throwing money away. Like you've got to develop them to your system. And again, that goes back to culture. The more I know that I'm doing a good job because you showed me, we're going to, we're going to keep people. And let's kind of tie this back to the beginning burnout. I know you, you kind of threw out there very quickly. There's people you talk to all the time that you go back to like from time to time to time, you need a great kitchen manager and you know that they're unhappy somewhere. You've worked with them in the past and you go, Hey, I got an opportunity for you. Well, you're starting to find that those relationships, they're gone. 
Like I've got a member who their chef took off is now roofing because doesn't want the stress anymore, better wage outside, just doesn't want to be in hospitality anymore. Well, all these little things we talked about have added up to that. It's not really, I don't believe that it's we're short employees that is just destroying our industry right now. It's no systems, culture that's kind of been on the bubble, not really good, not really bad. It's the the shortage of people. It's now the things that people, customers are yelling at them. Now pay becomes a little bit more, structure becomes a little more. Like it's just these little things that are tipping the scale that go, why do I wanna do this anymore? And there really is no quick fix. You've gotta focus on your culture. You gotta put the systems in place. Yes, pay is a part of it, but talk about why you think some of these kitchen managers don't want to be in a you know a kitchen anymore, while managers don't want to be in restaurants anymore. Owners are talking about selling the restaurants because it's so hard. What is it that, what am I missing? Because you literally talk with hundreds of restaurants in a week because of all your clients. I mean, as a secret shopping service, they often call you for advice, not knowing you're a coach. Right. I guess it's, it's still based on the development. It's the people get put into management positions a lot of time in our industry because they're really good people and they're in the right place at the right time. And they didn't study kitchen management, but they happen to fall into our industry and, and do a really good job. So they, they get promoted. And we assume that they know all the systems and everything that goes into it. Well, there's operations and then there's the, the paperwork business side for those type of positions also. And a lot of the managers are real strong operators, right? You give me a bus of a hundred people and they'll, they'll knock it out in 10 minute ticket times, no big deal. But then they turn over and have to do the inventory by the end of today. And it's just not what they understand or what they like to do. So it's been lack of training, lack of development. And I find that when managers come in that have been in our business from outside that genuinely understand, they are never really taught the interior systems of this particular business. So they bring things from the outside, which then just confuses the management team. And if you don't have those four, five, six, seven managers that cover each other and really work this together, it doesn't doesn't get there. So if it's the lack of the management team, I feel isolated, right? I'm working my butt off in the kitchen and I, I never see the owner and uh, nobody wants to come back and help me wash dishes. So I guess I'm just back here by myself. But man, when food cost is two points over, do I ever hear from them then? So there, there's a, a disconnect. You don't, you got to walk through the kitchen doors and spend some time back there and help help get it in order. Yeah. I, you know, again, I wish there was a magic pill. I know people are listening to us or watching us if they're, they're watching the replay on YouTube and thinking, this is all great. This is all great theory. I don't have enough people, let alone enough managers or any management. And it, it's kind of chicken egg. Where do I start? My concern is again, people are looking for the quick fix and there is none. I think you gave some really sound advice at the beginning, pick five, 10, 15 systems. And, 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 you know, for us, you and I, it starts with checklists. You know, we want to make sure that we've got everybody, uh, doing what we need done on a daily basis from cleanliness to, to you name it. So it'll, it puts us in a position that we're imposing our will without being there. It, that's why the chain restaurants kick our ass. It's making sure that we, counting our cash, that we have all the systems in place for great hospitality, right? Hot food, hot, cold food, clone, clean, safe work environment, guest employees, wow, customer service, incredible product, like just the guest experience. Like you got to focus there first, make sure all the cash gets in the bank, the place is, is clean and everything's being executed. Then we can get into recipe cards and inventory and things like that. But you got to have those foundational things in place. And I think we lose sight of that. I, we, we just think, Somebody's got to come in and they know recipe cards. They know inventory. They know, heck, the math behind it. And they don't. And we've got to take the time to teach them. And that's not an overnight process. Am I missing something? 
Well, I guess if uh, I was either the owner or GM of a restaurant today, I would stop. And if uh, this podcast caught your interest, obviously you've got some staffing challenges. So the first step, I would just meet with every individual employee, five minutes, have a cup of coffee with them and just talk to the staff. And after that, I would have a blank piece of paper and I'd create my organization chart to really see, and you might already have it, but I'm gonna pull it out and dust it off and just revisit the organization chart. Then I'm gonna focus on my management team and start to fill the spots that I need. Do I need another key employee? And I'm gonna take that piece serious. Now that piece is not in one day. <laughs> that solidifying the management team is the first long process. And the next month or two is just gonna be meeting with the managers, developing them, talking to them. Every single time I walk past a manager, it's gonna be a coachable moment. I'm gonna pick a topic and I'm gonna to try to develop them. And I'm gonna take the next few months and just solidify my management team. During that time, I'm gonna look at all the systems to make sure that the management has the right tools to do their job. Once we're comfortable with that, we're gonna do a, a full evaluation on where we are with the staff and how we need to train and develop and onboard the employees. Those three pieces in place, then you're off to the races on whatever your next big priority is, marketing or costing cards and a new POS system, but that's what I'm gonna solidify. And a lot of places have so many of these pieces in place, but they don't have all of them. And they're always dealing with one problem that pops up and another problem that pops up. It's uh, it's not five steps to implement a good checklist system. It's it's eight or nine steps and, and the success of it is in step eight, nine and 10 type of thing. So you got to do all the work. And here's the part that I know people are like listening to us waiting for that magic nugget of like, I can get this done tomorrow. I find what you just described, which I know you and I agree 100% are all the things that need to be in place. In fact, in my RTI group, we have 24 weeks, Restaurant Transformation Intensive is 24 weeks of the foundational systems and most of my people fall behind in 24 weeks. It's not everything. It's, and we don't even touch recipe cards or inventory and things like that. And the truth of the matter is, what you described is a six month to a year journey. Right. It's I just I just did a YouTube tip on on why I think John Taffer's uh, bar rescue is unrealistic. Now, I, I wasn't bashing him. I talked about all the good things he talked about. He is dead on point. He cares about his people, but you can't change my part of unrealistic. You can't change a business in four effing days. It's a six right. month to a year process. So if you're starting to feel you got employees that are burnt out and you've got challenges in your business and you're feeling upset and what have you. The truth is you've got to put together that plan, become the leader your restaurant needs and just start taking action on that plan. You can't fix it overnight. You're not gonna find employees tomorrow. You're not gonna have, magically have managers ready to go and trained tomorrow. You're not gonna have your food costs down and labor costs down tomorrow. You gotta start somewhere. Am I, but if you like, have- Go ahead a manager meeting for the next 24 weeks every single wednesday at 9 a.m i guarantee you're going to feel so much more empowered in control and it, rejuvenated and focused and you're not going to be perfect because there's so many things that we're always working on but you have that type of consistent communication between your managers you're going to be in a much better place and those manager meetings become what's our focus what's next what's next and you solve another problem and another one and it does become easier and easier and then your focus is all about growth and sales the good stuff right how we uh maximize the profit and pull another five percent off of prime costs that's what you want to be dealing with you don't want to be dealing with trying to hire servers and cooks right let's talk about that meeting real quick it's kind of a golden nugget that popped itself up in, in our conversation. You and I both agree there should be an agenda for this meeting, right? We just don't meet willy-nilly. Hey, how's the week going, right? There's an agenda. You agree? 100%. Start and stop time. 60, 90 minutes. Any longer, that's too much, right? They get frustrating when meetings go that long. You, you lose attention, and I find that Usually the longer meetings are the frustrating meetings and people don't like frustrating meetings. So I find that 
they seem to take the negative out of the longer meetings opposed to the positive. When, when I talk at the meeting, if I'm the, now, if you're the owner, shut up, let your GM run the meeting with the exception of when you get pulled in, but that GM, or if you're playing general manager, you're talking 25% of the time instead of top down management. Hey, chef, here's what your food cost is. Hey, front of house. Here's, you know, bar manager. Here's your report cost dot, dot, dot. It's bring your numbers to us beyond the agenda. Hey, chef, tell me about your kitchen. Oh, my food cost is two points over uh, our budgeted. And the reason being is dot, dot, dot. Here's what I found the problem was. Here's what I did to fix it. Dot, dot, dot. You want them involved and really being a part of it versus being dictated to what's happening. They need to know their numbers. They need to know their challenges. They need to bring it up. They need to be engaged. Am I right on that? Absolutely. The way I look at it is you always have a meeting leader, right? Somebody that runs a meeting and you hope that the GM has that skill set to run a good meeting. Sometimes you, you might have to put it to somebody else, but that good meeting starts on time. Everybody's got a pad of paper and you're, you're bringing information to the table. If the general manager is running the meeting, then the owner doesn't have to be there. I like them to be there. And if I sit in as an owner, it's to collect as much information as I can so that I feel settled on where the restaurant is. When I don't know things, there's an uneasy feeling and a lot of times that leads to a negative response. So for an owner, it's, it's collecting information and it's also a small window to put your thoughts and feelings into it. You don't come in with 25 new ideas, but it does give you an avenue that you feel your opinions are, are put in, but you're also sitting there for the higher level decisions, right? There's some decisions that just have to, to go to you. And if you're in a meeting, it's great to be decisive. And then the last step of a good solid meeting is an actionable list. Okay, everyone, what are the takeaways? So you're gonna, update the checklist and that's going to be done by Wednesday, right? Okay, perfect. And it's the, the follow-up that really holds a good meeting to, to point. Ah, that, that follow-up part, the accountability, that the elusive, you know, magic of, of running a restaurant is you've got to hold people to what you expect. So you, you follow up. So after that meeting, when everybody has that agenda, you know, the notes brought back to you, they know it's due. You need to double check and have milestones in and go, how's it coming? I always say you're from the state of Missouri. Show me. Hey, how are the recipe cards coming? Oh, they're doing great. Great. Show me. So that you can see that they failed the launch, that they don't understand how to do it, or they need the push or need help to get it done, or the deadline is unrealistic and needs to move. You've got to be involved as a leader of your business. I, I want to pull one thing out of you that I, I know is a golden nugget. I want people, since we're talking about this, because really we're trying to give them the solution to, to overcome burnout, to develop their management team, to have a culture that becomes the employer of choice. I mean, it, it really is these foundational pieces. I always say when I, when I run my business, especially as a restaurant owner, you are a democratic dictatorship. I want everybody's input, but it's going to be my way. You've got a real special way in meetings when you want things to happen your way of asking their input and somehow guiding the conversation that your idea became their idea. Can you share that one real quick? Because it just popped up into my head. I'm like, that's perfect for here because becoming that leader, you've got to get people to buy in. And it's one way to do it is get their input, but they didn't know it was yours. Well, and, and a lot of times there's the additional projects that we're always working on, whether that's a training manual, an employee manual, uh, an inventory system, there's always the extras, right? So they've got to run the restaurant and then help out with the extras. And the extras is usually where it becomes, I didn't have time, we got too busy, I forgot, and all the excuses. I find that when they're excited about the project and they see a benefit for both the restaurant and themselves, that they buy into the project and I find that they get done a lot easier. So the projects a lot of times are super easy to identify, right? Good managers can pick out problems left and right, but it's a matter of putting the right ones on the table at the right time. So the first step is as an owner of the GM, I don't throw out every single idea, right? I control 
what topics we're talking about. We can't handle everything at once. So first I, I throw out some teasers and it's well thought out of what project I feel we should be guiding towards. Let's say it's a new menu. And I know that chef's going to come back and say, are you kidding me? How? There's no time. But I challenge the, the issues first. Hey, guys, I was looking at the P-Mix the other day. And does the chicken Parmesan sandwich just not sell? And then I'll pose a few questions. And we start a, a conversation. And if the conversation really gets some life, then I keep guiding it and pose it to the team. So do you guys think we should be redoing the menu right now? And it's, it's more of a group decision. And there's times that I get shut down, right? I might think that the menu's the, the priority and they're like, are you kidding me? No, we need the training manual. Let's do the menu next month. And I take the feedback back and forth, but I find that the top leadership should be guiding those projects and the focus and pulling the management team along. So they're, they're learning as they go. They're excited, but they got to see that, wow, if we chop 13 items off this menu, you know how much easier my prep list is going to be every day. So they've got to see the benefits of that also. And that's when I, I find people work together when there's the common benefits. You know, we started this conversation out about kind of burnout in the industry. We went into pay, we went into environment, we went into getting Restaurant 101 right, communication, structure and management team, org charts, all these things. And often when I'm on a discovery call with somebody, I, I, I find that all these challenges, whatever their challenges are, whether they're people are, are associating with what we talked about just now, or it's food cost, labor cost, it's, it's whatever challenges they may have. They tend to stem, stem from one problem. One common issue is the root of all of their problems and it's fixable. And the person who can fix it is them. And I find that it's lack of leadership. It's literally when they advocate their business or they assume people get things done. They're not clear. They don't communicate. They're not involved at the level of being the leader their restaurant needs. Am I far off base? Because everything you just talked about comes from a strong leader. You know, communication, uh, making sure people know where it is, having organization, having systems, managing their people. Like, are we on the same page on that? That all these problems, the root is one thing, them becoming the leader the restaurant needs? they take control of it and focus on the issues that help everybody get better and better as they are pulling along people to get better themselves and improve the restaurant. It's, it's 100% leadership. It, it genuinely is because you're trying to pull the best out of people and you're trying to create the culture and you're, uh, doing so many pieces all day long. And what I've really realized over the years is I see a lot of really, really great managers, but they don't have every single leadership trait that goes into building a strong restaurant that is uh, very complete. And But a leadership team, I see a lot of teams that have all the strengths. So if one great chef doesn't have the business side of it. It's okay. You might have somebody else that can do that. And when you divide and conquer, but the leadership piece comes from trying to lead your team. And when you take six or seven people and they turn around and now they're there to, to lead 15 or, or 50 employees, they're all doing it differently. And that weekly manager meeting pulls it together a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer. And you start making small basic decisions on employees and it starts to get more consistent your staff starts to see that you're leading them in a consistent way then you throw in some some smart things like shift meetings and weekly manager meetings and to communicate to the staff and and then you focus on your morale again we've been talking about it for a while now it's so many different steps but the leadership is the overlying topic that is 
it's everything. And for me, I'll just say that walking into a restaurant after 10 or 15 minutes of a discovery type of thing, uh, getting to know somebody, and even if I haven't met the management team yet, you can sense if there's good leadership in the building right away. And I genuinely feel like that is the one skill set that drives to success. And you can get there without strong leadership, but it's just so much more difficult. So it's the X factor. Well, do me a favor. You have a lot of content you push out for all of your your members that you, you're coaching clients, as well as all of your secret shopping services, restaurants that use you. And these things that you and I talk about all the time, you've, you've laced in a bunch of content that literally you could feed people. Whether they want to learn about your secret shopping service or not, the information you provide is, is really fantastic. And if, if anybody watches or listens to my podcast, they know you and I have talked multiple times and we're going to continue to do it. It's almost like we're a team because we've known each other for so long. We're cut from the same cloth. We believe in the same things, but I truly believe you're a master at teaching leadership, getting the most out of management team. How would I, if I'm listening to us, find you and kind of get into your, your, your opt-in? How could I opt in to get these nuggets of, of things that can help me run my business on a, on a routine basis? Well, absolutely. And, and thanks for the nice words. And uh, likewise, right? That's why we do a lot of these because we uh, enjoy each other's company and, and challenge each other to, to think a little bit deeper on what's going on in the industry. Um, I did just release a new uh, workbook, kind of a, a guidebook. It's 10 Steps to Great Service. It's uh, just a simple little 25-page workbook that's uh, free on our website. So if you wanted to just log into servicewithstyle.com, it's the uh, very first thing you see is 10 Steps to Great Service, and it's a free little tidbit for them. And also, if anybody's interested, you go servicewithstyle.com forward slash David Scott Peters, and you can also get the free guide there. But there's also a discount for secret shopping if you were ever interested in doing anything. So uh, log in there first, collect the, the discount code, and then move forward. But the 10 Steps to Great Service... It does tie in a lot of what we're talking about today, but it's it's more focused on providing the great service, but you can't provide the great service without every single piece that we were talking about today. Well, and and I know service is, is huge. Uh, you've built a whole company on it. You've been doing it for 20 plus years. Like there's nobody better that I know on teaching service. But the nice part is once you've opted in for that, you're going to get other nuggets as time goes on, because I know you push out podcasts and, and that you've been on and you push out articles and things that can help people run their business. So I hope I, I I'm going to tell you with 100% certainty, you need to go to service with style. You need to go opt in for that special report, the 25 page on service, and just know that the communications that are going to come in routinely after that are really going to help you operate your business. And I will tell you with 100% certainty, you wanna know whether you're leading your business right, that you're hitting all of the, the, the little details right, make sure you check out servicewithstyle.com forward slash David Scott Peters, opt in for you know that, that shop service because there's nobody better. And if you truly wanna know what's going on when you're not there, well, this is a golden nugget to know. It's the beginning of you becoming a leader when you know what's going on in your business on a day-to-day -day basis. Darren, is there anything else you want to shout out there before we finish up our conversation? Uh, just to close on that last piece, because that's where it really runs deep with me is the, the service piece. And I just want to caution everybody out there that how we are looking at service right now is changing. I know today we focused on the, the staff and uh, how you build the team, but uh, the service piece is genuinely changing. And it's uh, a small segment of the restaurant after you've got that foundation, right? You got your leadership, your systems and your staff in place. Well, your marketing might be one extra project to work on just like services. And this 10 steps to great service is a fairly easy project to take on. If you were to look at doing a new training manual program, that's a lot more work than implementing a, a great service program. So it's a, it's a fairly easy program to, to implement and it's uh, gonna help you focus on service for a lot of years to come. So David, thank you for, for today. I love talking to you. Uh, hope your audience found some helpful tips 
and uh, give me a call anytime. Thanks for having me. Thanks, brother. Hey, that was an awesome episode. I want to thank you for taking the time to take action on building a better, more prosperous restaurant. Before you go, I want to give you these three thoughts. One, by combining leadership and taking action with systems and training being checked by accountability, you are on your way to creating prosperity for you and your restaurant. Two, I have something I need from you. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. By leaving us a review, other restaurant pros seeking out this information are able to find it. I read the reviews and hearing how this information has benefited you does wonders for me. And three, if you find any of the discussions helpful, share them. The more restaurant pros who have access to them, the better we become as an industry. For more restaurant resources or to get in contact with me, connect with me at davidscottpeters.com. Be passionate about what you're doing. Be persistent, but more importantly, become better and help everyone around you become better. And your restaurant is going to kick some ass. If you're tired of not being able to leave your restaurant because no one else knows how to run it, I want to make sure you know it doesn't have to be that way. You can leave your restaurant. It is possible to build a team of people who know how you want the restaurant to run. With these trained and responsible people in place, you can give yourself time away. What would you do if you had time away from your restaurant? Would you sleep better? Would your relationships improve? Would you feel more relaxed? These are all things you deserve to experience as a business owner. It's why we own our own businesses. If you would like to learn how to own a restaurant that doesn't depend on you to be successful, click the link in the description to watch a free training course that teaches you exactly what you have to do. Also, be sure to subscribe to get my weekly tips and watch these two videos to get more information and guidance for running a successful restaurant.